Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. me, Diana Gasparoni, and it's time for Be Real. And guess who I'm with today? Oh my God. Not a secret. Anisha's here. Anisha's <laughs> here. Oh my goodness. Hey girl. It's uh, it's our holiday edition. <laughs> it's our first. <laughs> it is our first. It is our, our first podcast holiday. Thanks. I mean, Thanksgiving, our first Be Real Thanksgiving. And also, it's our first indoor holiday in a pandemic. Major yeah. holiday, yes. Major holiday in a pandemic, yes. So things look different. Things look different. Um, I they feel different. They do. They definitely do. Um, I personally am starting to feel different about COVID again now that things are closing earlier and it's getting cold out and people are gathering indoors. I. On Saturday mornings, I go to the farmer's market. We know this about me. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I go. This was the last weekend of the farmer's market in my town, which is breaking my heart. But I ordered my turkey, and I ordered my turkey like I was feeding the same amount of people that I feed every year. <laughs> and all of a sudden, That's not I got home, and I was like, damn, I just ordered a 28-pound turkey for five people. <laughs> I'm going to be eating turkey. It's Christmas every day. So I had to call them and like reframe what I was doing. Like there was, there's been a lot of reframing. How about you? You doing any reframing? I think that the disappointment of when COVID first started and like, you know, you weren't able to do things and see people, I think that is coming back for me because Thanksgiving is a huge holiday for me and my family um, oh yeah. Yeah. Guys, so you guys are a traveling <laughs> bunch. Huge. So we either do Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, my grandma passed away on Thanksgiving. So it's always pretty special for us to be together because we were with her when she passed away. Mm-hmm. And so we, we try to be together. And so I think it's just really hard. Yeah. The disappointment for me is just setting in again of the things that, um, I'm not able to do the way that my life will be restricted. Um, also we're now going into another season, right? Mm -hmm. And so in New York city, Diana and I was actually together yesterday. We saw each other, which was so nice and wait, can I tell you, it was like 65 degrees in New York. Mm -hmm. And so that was really nice. We took pictures for the podcast. People thought that we were a couple. 
They thought it was our, <laughs> our engagement, engagement photos, photos on the water. It was special. <laughs> um, it was very special. It was so funny. But it was nice to see each other and just kind of feeling that sun on my face and realizing that, wow, it's about to get cold in New York. It's like 40 degrees today and what that's going to be like for us, you know, as we um, go into this next season of kind of, you know, isolating again. And so for me, that's what's coming up. Some disappointment. Yeah. I feel the same about seeing you yesterday. It was so nice to be live and in the flesh and like seeing your friend in person. And then of course there was the engagement photos. I didn't get down (laughs) on one knee. I thought about it. Staring, I started holding her hand, calling her honey. It was hilarious. We had so much fun, and that was super fun. And it was like you forget. Like I, I was asking myself today. I was like, did I forget to have fun? Like I don't think I forgot to have how to have fun. I feel the. um, I feel it too. I feel, and I'm. uh, I think I've said this already here with you, but I'm not a person that gets seasonal affective disorder. We talked about that last time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have noticed that, uh, I'm just a little bit more sad. Six o'clock feels like 10 o'clock. It does. It's so bad. (laughs) But I do have that new addition to my family, Stella, who's back there behind me. (laughs) Okay guys. So that's her Peloton. Okay. So she is drinking the water. Okay. So she gets on the podcast, right? She's wiping mm-hmm. her brow. She has her water bottle because she just finished her exercise. And I'm like, really? Like, you're going to throw it on super thick? Like, really? Thick. And then she's like, oh, I really love it. And <laughs> I love my towels. And I'm like, okay. Um, I'm happy she has something that makes her happy. Let me just say that. There it is. I'm happy uh, you're happy. I'm in. I am 100% in. I have bought, I am drinking the Kool-Aid. I get it. I get all the things. Uh, hashtag Cody Rigby at Rigsby. I think if he's listening to this podcast right now, I'm following you everywhere <laughs> you go everywhere. Me, you and Brittany. Cause you play a lot of Brittany and I'm in <laughs> a lot of Brittany, a lot going on, a lot of dancing on the bike. I'm hundred percent in, but I think that, uh, I mean, I like fitness classes in general because I like mm-hmm. to be around people and I like the endorphins that kick in. Yeah. And I, I don't, I've definitely been exercising, but I haven't been exercising like that. And that has definitely changed my mood. And I'm really glad that it came just in time for the holidays, for sure. For the, or for the whole winter season, I should say, even if I only use it during COVID and like, I can just imagine, <laughs> It'll be they're going to be like, no, they're going to be like Christmas trees, Peloton bikes, like out on the street, like <laughs> as soon as you could go outside. <laughs> yeah. So that's one. Ladies. Yes. I would like to add something to this. Mr. Jackson, please jumping in. Oh, he just yes. jumped, right, jumped in. right on in. I, I love just, it. Okay. I All right. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, thank you. I think, I think two things need to be pointed out here. One that now somebody on the other end is salty about somebody else having something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, okay. okay. So yes, my, um, my boot camp classes in the park have ended. So yes, <laughs> I am. I'm salty. I am. <laughs> okay yes okay i think anisha was very generous when she said wiping <laughs> the sweat off her brow she was tapping it on she was using a small towel to tap 
her face and her forehead as she was drinking her lemon slash cucumber water that I think she was drinking. Was it Anisha? I don't know. Peloton was paying her, guys. It looked like a commercial. <laughs> Listen, what I was if, like, I, if really? my esthetician was listening, she told me specifically, Pat, don't wipe when you get off the bike. <sighs> the harshness and the, yes. You would enjoy just, Peloton cash app her before she got on. It's she should do it. <laughs> Listen, we're looking for sponsors for this podcast. Peloton <laughs> might pick us up, man. You never know. You never know. Cycling for mental health. Is that yes. What right? yes. I love it. I literally okay. am cycling for my mental health. And that wasn't even like today I went for, a, I got on there for strength because I've been working all day. Um, and I wanted to make, you know, get, Get, make sure I had enough energy for you guys so I, I could really bring it and also make sure that I was wide awake. Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. There's going to be a lot of Peloton talk this winter, listeners, just so that you know. And if you need to find me, um, hashtag Diana826. Follow me. <laughs> we can ride together. Look at this. Okay. So Thanksgiving is coming. We'll we'll deal with Christmas later. We'll, we'll have to deal with Thanksgiving first. Well, there's a lot um, of holidays but, that happen in here. I mean, and I think that like all the gatherings, I think the saddest part or the most difficult part is no matter what you celebrate or if you celebrate, this is the time of year where people get together. Yes. And I think people, I've not, I have noticed in my work, people are really acknowledging how much, much they miss people, just being around people. I mean, I had like, was remembering when I used to be, when I was younger, much younger, mm-hmm. um, and would go to clubs and be around people or like all the things. I mean, I know we're, we've been talking about it a lot last week when I revealed that I was a football cheerleader <laughs> and going down memory lane, but like, this is that time of year where you just like you gather and you're with people. And so I hope that everybody is going to be really safe and make decisions that are not only good for themselves but good for the people around them i think that that's really important to consider well i will say this we are in new york city guys so everyone is trying to get rapid COVID tests so they can see people right even if they're gathering a five or eight everyone's trying to get COVID tests so there's lines like one to two blocks long guys trying to get a rapid COVID test because I was trying to get a rapid COVID test today. So I could see some family members for Thanksgiving and excuse my language. It's shit show out here. So it is bad, but it's good to see that people want to get tested and want to know before they make a decision to see mom, dad, grandma, whoever. So I really appreciate that part. I just don't appreciate having to stand on the line to get my own COVID test. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I did just put up on the blog today on Be Well, Be Well blog. Uh, it'll be live tomorrow. Uh, five tips on how to keep yourself, your spirits lifted during this time. So uh, you can check that out. I have some really, like I do the, I give you the, the tip and the mental health benefit that goes along with it and the physical benefit that goes along with the activity. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're covering um, all the bases. Well, I want to make sure that people have enough information. I mean, if you can give people more information and help them to just, or make suggestions that they might not have otherwise thought of. And it was also helpful for me because it gave me some ideas of things that I could do for myself and for my friends and family during this time. So yeah, it's out there. So Diana, 
What are we talking about today? We're talking about dads. We talk about yes. moms all the time. So we really needed to shout out the dads. So it was time. It was time to shout out the dads. And I think it was, it's an important time during the holidays to shout out the dads, right? Because we they don't always um, get the raw deal. <laughs> they do. And they do. They're so important and they do so much. We had two, we have, we have two very good dads on, on today with us. My yes. personal friend, Josh Palau, whose uh, wife has been on the show, who's also a personal friend of mine, Lori Palau, who also has a podcast called <laughs> this, <laughs> this Organized Life that I've been on. And I've known them for over, I've known Josh, I met them at the same time, but I've known Josh for, I think, over 20 five years. I think he was being very generous by not saying it was 30, but <laughs> we've known each other for a long time. So he was here representing girl dads. And then we had the Darren W. Carter. And we have to say the, because he went to the Ohio state, you know how the Ohio state people are. So I wanted to make sure I introduced him in that way. So um, I'm really excited to talk to them today. Yeah, so grab your tea, sit back, and have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with the therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Be Real. Another week in a pandemic, possibly quarantining with the wind approaching. Where's my co-host? Diana, are you here? Good <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes, all those things. That are wasn't true. very positive, huh? <laughs> no, no, there was not a very positive spin, but I mean, it is what's going on in the world, in the air, and the energy just like that is in the air. But we're gonna bring we're gonna bring that energy up today. Because we have such a fun I show. I know. I know. I'm super excited for today. So today we're going to talk about dad. We're going to talk to dads about being dads, which is something that we've only been talking to moms. So and about being a mom. But uh, it's really important that we identify that dads are equally important in the caregiving of young people, and that uh, there are really, really good, dedicated, devoted fathers out there. Because I think. Uh, sometimes dads get a bad rap. We got you, Darren. That would be me. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I am the Darren W. Carter. Uh, hi. Hi. Welcome. And next up is me, Josh. Hi, I'm uh, Josh Palau. Uh, good to be here. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Thank you for getting up and hanging out with us this morning. 
So we, we would like you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Just tell everyone a little bit more about yourself other than your name. <laughs> so we're going to start <laughs> with Josh. So um, my, like I said, my name is Josh. I have been a dad for 20 years now, um, which is weird to say. And, uh, and I, I actually, professionally, I spend my time in digital media, advertising, um, and I know Diana for a really long time. I was trying to figure out the, the amount of time, um, but I feel like we met uh, late 90s. Yeah, uh, but, I, so yeah, so that's. I think you put 25 years in there, which really, I, I was like, is that true? But I think it's true. I, yeah, I might have shortened it by a couple, but yes, yeah, <laughs> no. So we go, we go way back. We, we worked at a gym together where I, where I, where I met my wife, Lori. Yes, I'll gush about Josh when we have the, <laughs> when we do the intro. Don't worry, don't worry, Anisha. He'll get he'll get all the gushing. All right, Darren, give us a little little bit about you. Uh, again, I am the Darren W. Carter. You get that the D like from the Ohio State because I'm a, like, oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, you're an Ohio guy. Every, oh, yes. everyone, do we have to say the Ohio State? We just can't say yes, Ohio State, right? We have to say okay. the Darren W. Carter. Got it. Got Ohio, it. that is my home, born and raised. I, I too, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a dad. I, I may be different than these two, though. Uh, I have no biological children. Um, my daughter, um, she's 28 now, 27 now. 27, oh, my wife corrected me. 27 now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um, she, uh, when my wife and I, I married, she was five from a previous marriage. And then I have foster and I have some adoptive children. So that makes me a little bit different than the other gentlemen here. But um, other than that, I am awesome. I, I, am, <laughs> I am awesome. And I love to cook barbecue. Um, and I'm a little community guy. I love to do things uh, in a community like this little event here we do. So that is just a little tad about the Darren W. Carter. Okay. How many children do you, and I, I know, I know Josh's children. How many children do you have in total? Uh, <laughs> like right now in the house, three. <laughs> I can change on any different uh, occasion, but um, um, technically legally to uh, my daughter. And um, we have a foster son who became an adoptive, adoptive son. So he's four now. Um, oh. You know, now we do have a foster placement now, placement now as well, and coming they go. So I think we're just going to jump right in. So all of you are very passionate about being fathers, um, but we often talk about the woman's desire for children. So we really wanted to start a conversation today about being men who wanted children and who wanted a family. I will say that I, I realize that studies actually show that men men have biological clocks too but we never talk about it. You guys also kind of get baby fever and have kind of this urgency to start families. I was reading a study and it was saying that for a couple of reasons. So one reason is sometimes you guys just want to assert your masculinity. So you want to provide, you want to protect, and then you want to procreate. And then also as you guys get older, you make more money generally. So now you know you have the means. So again, you're ready to have a baby. And for some of you guys, depending on the woman you're with and her desire, you kind of have that want, you know, or need to have children. So I would love to really hear about you guys and, and your journey to fatherhood. So who wants to jump right in? Don't all speak at once, guys. Mm, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> um, since I'm the one that's on our camera, I can't raise my finger. I think so. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. And again, there's, there's so I feel like a bunch of my answers are going to are going to just be drawn from stories that either Diana was like a, like a like a, 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 a innocent bystander on or just like part of the circus. Um, just from, when, from back then in those days. But, you know, I, I, I certainly wanted 
a family, certainly wanted children. I definitely am the reason we don't have three children because apparently that was a big deal and I completely shut that down. Uh, so we stopped too. So, so, but, but I always did want to have a family for Lori. Again, again, if you listen to her show, I, I know Diana, she was on your show at one point, like, you know, she's, she has a plan and she has dates and she has timing and none of that's a bad thing. It's just when you're, we, we had kids, I'm 47 and we have a 20 year old. So we had kids young. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I don't know if I was, if I knew I was ready at the time, but I, I knew I wanted obviously to have a family. And I think, I, I mean, I do think the driving factor was like, she, you know, she had some dates in mind as to when it was you know, safest for a woman to have a baby before a certain age and when you have your first one and second one. And so I think either way, you know, my journey was going to get to this part of the family. You know, I think, I think it just, it, you know, the, 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 the timing in which we got there um, was a little bit more driven by Lori. And, and now as I look back now, I, I do have to say, like, I'm super happy to have, a, again, a 20 year old and a 17 year old and only be 47. Uh, because it is it is nice to like sharing things with them to be able to do things with them not that older dads can't it, it's just a, a different point in my life and career that I have that sort of flexibility to be able to do things with them then early on when I was traveling and I wasn't here and they were young and I missed a ton when they were growing up you know but now I've gotten to a point where you know I wasn't I wasn't doing that all through my all through my 40s you know I got I got to do that stuff early and then sort of settle it a little bit now and you get to you're still young enough that you get to run with your I oldest do. daughter. Which yes, exactly. <laughs> slows me down, which, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not anymore actually. So but yes, but yeah, I'm she get I get to do some some stuff with them and they're you know, as as every every dad out there can identify with. I think well, I think most every dad. I mean, you know, Zoe she kills me at basketball, Logan beats me at tennis. It's like it's just not uh, gone gone are the days where I'm I'm better at things just because I'm bigger and older. <laughs> What was your journey like, Darren? Like she said earlier about, you know, wanting to exert your masculinity. So I thought, you know, I, I wanted a um, family growing up, you know, wanted to be like my dad in some instances and some instances I didn't. Um, but that was always, I mean, I grew up with a father, um, grew up in a family structure, grew up around families. So, of course, I thought that would be, you know, my end game at some point. Um, <laughs> just didn't know what that end game was going to turn out, but... You know, I, 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 it, it was, it was a pretty, I, I don't know. I thought, it, I didn't think it was so amazing, but it was funny because I got married to my wife. Uh, I was 29, almost 30. A lot of people thought I was gay because I didn't have any kids, and which I thought was ridiculous, but that was, you know, people stereotype things. I was a black man, 30, and I didn't have any children, you know, no baby mama drama, but I didn't. <laughs> um, but then I had instant family, as they call it, when we married, because like I mentioned earlier, she had a daughter uh, from a previous marriage. Now I knew my daughter when, since she was a baby, um, but she came into my life daily at five. And we tried, my wife and I, you know, don't show, we tried to have children. Uh, didn't work out at all. It didn't work out. So over time, my, my wife, she always wanted to foster. I was not a opponent of that or not of adoption or anything. Cause here again, I wanted to spread my masculinity around and have my seed and, you know, be the man. And obviously something wasn't masculine or something wasn't happening because, you know, together we could not, you know, produce a child. So after I got older, a little bit wiser, you still have that nurturing, that caring, that wanting to provide that, you know, in you, but we just went a different route. My route was different. So um, first, because of my daughter, who was a stepdaughter, don't really like that term, but then we started fostering. My wife started fostering. We were separated at the time, but when we did uh, reconcile, I started to foster with her. 
And that's kind of how that came about. Our, our second placement was our now adoptive son. We've had a godson who we've raised in our home for like the first six or seven years of our life. And now we have like a one-year-old in here currently. And let me tell you something. I mean, all y'all really listen really, really good. Young kids don't make old people young. They make you tired, worn out, and good for nothing. Do not let people tell you that lie. No. I get home from work and my four-year-old is, Daddy, can we play? Can we play? Can we play? I'm like, no. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and and I talked on Mike actually maybe a day or so ago that there is a yearning um, or maybe I really hadn't gotten over not really having my own biological child. And that's something I thought I may have, I, I, I had dealt with, but maybe I, I really didn't because some things with our current situation, our foster child now is I'm realizing some things, but um, even beyond that, there's love to give. And I was not blessed with a biological child within whatever child that comes into my life. You get it, the good, the bad, and and and, and it's ugly sometimes. So, but fatherhood is 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 a um, it it is a um, oh, what do I what do I usually say? <sighs> I can't think about it, but I usually have a tagline for fatherhood. But remember, I just woke up, so we'll that's okay. When it co- when it comes back there. to you, just put your finger up and jump right Thank in you. and <laughs> let us know. Um, what an amazing journey we have, dads and three non moms. Which is two non moms, Tyann and I both don't have children. So just to kind of listen to this conversation is just very interesting. And you know, Darren, I'll I'll share similar to you. My husband and I haven't been able to have a biological child, so we're also thinking about the foster and adoption route. And so it's good to hear you say that. You know, it's it basically feels the same for you, right? Like if as if you were their biological father, because it is all about the love that you have to give. And as I listen to all of you guys talk about parenting, it's all about the love that you have to give this person. So it really shouldn't, you know, matter if it is your biological or not, because um, we all have love to give in some way. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, and you get to like teach lessons of things that you think are smart, and then you end up finding out they're not really that smart. So that's also a fun, <laughs> fun trial and error. <laughs> the trial and error of fatherhood. I do want to talk, Josh, a little bit with you specifically about being a girl dad, right? So you are, you got two girls. Yes. And you are totally outnumbered in your house, three to one. Yeah. (laughs) This is all true. It is all true. I mean, so just talk about it a little bit. I know like being a from uh, from our perspective on the our side of the couch for Anisha and I we know how important it is for women to have a good dad and i do happen to know that you are a good dad so um just Thank talk you. about what it's like to be to have the just to have the dynamic between you and your daughters and your yeah. daughters are so different so let's talk a little bit about them too yeah i mean i think so i think there's well, there's a couple of things and i mean and i i think you know i mean it's sort of a statement of the obvious but like like i've made you know so many more mistakes than than probably things i did right with either of them and i even look back now at things that like pop up now and i'm like no remember like you know five years ago five months ago you know you handled it this way and you shouldn't so i think and, and i don't know if that has anything to do with the the youth and you know or the age in which i had them when i was younger i just think you know as, as time goes on you learn things but but in general whether they're girls or not my focus has always been sort of like hey just you know you're you're 
as you grow up, it's basically like, I don't want to say it's their job, but like you take, you take the things that we did well as, as your parents and as the extended families, as you know, Zoe's got a big extended family of, of moms and dads. Um, and you take the best parts of them and you take the stuff that you didn't like, or you didn't agree with, or you didn't think we did so well. And you don't do those. You just become a better version of what we were. And like, and that's like, to me, like, it, you know, I, I, I don't care from a, uh, a money or a success, like title standpoint, but you know, if I, if I see these two girls, just be better versions of me as a parent. Well, like then, then, Hey, you know, I, I did my, I did my job. Um, and, and as long as I'm raising them to be confident and to make good decisions and be smart. And I think, I think that goes, I think that goes, you know, the goes along with what all parents want. I just think it's a, it's a little more heightened um, of a thing you pay attention to when you have girls. I think also, I mean, I, I will say, and I don't know if I forced them into this or if I just got lucky, but the, like, I don't, I don't tend to give a lot of advice to parents. Um, the only thing I think I've ever given advice, well, there's two pieces of advice I, I would give parents. The first is always like, save all your boxes because a store will take back anything. Um, and that's just been <laughs> irrelevant. It's just helpful, but it's not really, you know, it's not really, not really groundbreaking. Um, but the other one is, is like at a young age, like they'll kind of get into, they'll become who they are as people, but they'll get into stuff that you're into as long as you sort of guide them there. So like you mentioned, like, uh, Diana, like Zoe's, Zoe's a sports kid. Like we watched sports from the day she was born. Like I remember like holding her in my arms because I would take the night shift of, of waking her, of feeding her while the Yankees were on or while basketball was on. And like, she's a basketball player. She loves the Yankees. She's a big sports kid. Like, to, I mean, right, to, right now, I, I think the main, I, I only think the way we communicate right now is literally just like sharing tweets or Instagram posts about an athlete. So it's, um, which is great. Like, but we got into that early, we enjoyed it. And so therefore, like a little selfishly, like I wasn't being dragged to Wiggles concerts, but I was like, hey, like Kentucky's playing at the garden. Like, let's go, let's go. Um, and so. Uh, <laughs> we lost Josh, guys. I mean, it's, it's, all the things that could happen today is happening, but we will okay. press on. Mr. Carter, go. You're up. <laughs> wait, let's not. Let's wait. I don't want to get cut off. No. <laughs> the only thing that could happen, the worst thing that could happen is your Wi-Fi goes out and we just do this all again on another this day. This is like a scary movie. We drop one by one and that's different because I'm a black guy. I'm usually the one that's going first, you know. Like, scary movie. Like, wait. We're rewriting the script here. We're rewriting the script. You're going to star in this movie. <laughs> The, the, the phrase I was thinking about earlier, which kind of ties into this, is, is fatherhood, respect, responsibility. And I always try to say that to younger dads, dads. I'm a part of a Cleveland dads group here in Cleveland. Um, plus, on the outside of that, people, media, you know, wives, women, the population in general don't really respect dads all like that. You go to a park with your son and your daughter and, you know, for a lot of stay-at-home dads now. Um, and the first thing is, you you know, they, a group of moms see you, oh, you're babysitting, or oh, where's your where's your wife? Oh, you're doing such a good job. She doesn't want to do such a good job. This is my son. What do you mean? I'm, you know, so there's that. But I didn't know you could babysit your own child, Darren. <laughs> well, that's what people say. Oh, you know, where's your wife? You know, you, are you babysitting or are you giving her some time off? No, this is my child, doggone it. What are you? What is wrong with you? But that is the that is the world's view of, of fathers, you know, from we're the bumbling, can't, you know, uh, you can't do a girl's hair, uh, can't do this, can't take care of, can't, um, you know, change a diaper. It's like those 
characters of fathers we saw in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s sitcoms. They say that's all of it. That's not even talking about Black fathers. Um, so all that stereotype is the things that we are fathers nowadays, Don and Josh are fighting that um, because we are a part of our children's lives, whether it's, you know, either biological or like myself, um, foster or, or adoptive. We have love, we can nurture, we can provide. We, don't, we are not, or, or we're not just, a, you know, work all day, you know, provide and just do nothing else. My mom does everything. We're partners in this. And those of us, you know, who are biologically having, it took two of y'all to do that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just a one person job. Yes, one did a little bit more physical work after the fact, but it still took two for it to happen. And it takes two to properly raise that, to raise that child. And so even when it comes to foster, their lives have been in shambles. They got plucked out of whatever traumatic situation they were in in the first place. Now they're in this totally crazy atmosphere. They don't know who, what, and where, wondering what's going on. If they're either, you know, if they're infants or babies, they really don't know as much. But as they get older, of course, they know. So you have to provide that love for them. And the one thing that we found out, people ask, well, you know, I couldn't be a foster dad or a foster mom. I just, I would hurt too much, you know, when they leave and you get attached. Exactly. That's the kind of foster parents we need. People that when do you love them as soon as they stretch, step over the threshold of your doorstep. They're your child. You don't look at them as a foster, as a whatever. You looked at them as a part of your family and you would treat them as such. So yes, when they leave, will it hurt? Absolutely. It will. And sometimes it'll be devastating. But that's because you love that child as that child needs to be loved. And they need that because that can be a seed imparted into them to make them a better citizen somewhere else. That can show them that whatever traumatic, traumatic situation they may have come from or they may go back into, there is love there. There is a stability there that I can have. And hopefully we, you know, my wife and I and other folks parents can give that a, a brief foundation of that for them to move on. Um, because the worst thing is that if they stay in the system when they're 18, sometimes when they get out, they have no skills, you know, they end up doing things that are illegal. And then for um, black young men, they end up going into the penal system. Um, so there's love there. And if there are people that are here this, that are on the fence about fostering, you know, I implore you, do it. Go to your child and family services account and go to whatever, you know, there are maybe some um, private organizations there like we have went through, do it. It's going to be hard. Absolutely. It's going to be frustrating. Absolutely. Oh my God, but it's, it's so worth it. You'll cry. Absolutely. Um, but when you see a smile on that face of a child, oh, worth it. Okay. My PSA is over. But it's such a, it's a beautiful one. And it's so important and such an important message about love for children, having strong father figure, and also how many children need really good homes. I mean, we do we are fortunate right now that we have three men who are providing wonderful homes for their children and that there are so many children out there that need that structure. And when you're talking about the attachment part of like the foster child moving from one place to the next and what that's like for the child, I mean, yes, when you provide that cocoon for them to just really start to heal more and just take that hole and close it up just a little bit. And that is all with love and structure. Wonderful. I love it. 
Josh, we lost you mid sentence. Yeah, I, I, look, I turned. I'm still talking. I get no feedback, and I'm like, I feel like I said something funny, and I look you over, did. and I'm like, wait a minute, nobody's no, there. There, no one, no one was here. No one was here. Oh my goodness, sorry about uh, that. But well, welcome back. We're yeah. glad you're. We're glad you're back. And I think you, I'm pretty sure we were talking about uh, how you connected with your children. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's exactly where I was. So I, I and I, I'm not sure where I cut out. So I don't want to spend too much more time on Zoe. But I was just going to say that on the on the other on the other end of the spectrum was Logan, who was early on like princess dancing, and and so even though that wasn't you know what I was super into, it's like okay, like I you know we'll we'll play the games, we'll do the things. Um, I also think for both of them, when you talk about like and and again, I mean I I don't want to necessarily say that this was was a a a thing I did because they were girls. I think it helped because they, I think it helped them later in life because they were girls. But, you know, for the better part of their like early childhood, like I traveled all the time and I wasn't here. Like, and, I, and even when I wasn't traveling, I wasn't home until six thirty, seven, eight o'clock at night. And so uh, there's, there's, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not necessarily proud of it. It was, it was what it was. Um, so I'm not brushing it. I'm not just sort of sweeping it away. Um, but there's plenty of times in which like, you know, there were, there were other people in the, in the neighborhood that were, you know, friends of ours that would be here more than I was. And so when it was, when I was home, whether it was like that, that Saturday morning, like I would try to spend as much time as I could with them to do things. And whether it was taking them out to the diner or doing like little, you know, dad things you do um, to make up for that. And then, and then as, as Logan going back to her, she sort of like started to move into music and things that, that again, I enjoyed like, you know, and, and the Diana, you've been to a bunch of her shows. Like she plays, yep. she plays in a bunch of rock shows. And like, that's been great because while I can take Zoe to any, really any sporting event, um, you know, like Logan and I spent like most of last year and we had so many great plans for 2020 on, on concerts we were going to this year, you know, and, and, and there's times where I ask her, you know, do you want to invite a friend? Do you want like to go with somebody else or like your friends want to go now that she's driving? And, you know, so far she's, you know, she's sort of sticking with like, no, why don't we just go? And so like that part's nice. Um, so it's nice. That, so I feel like the, the, the key message I think for folks is, is, you know, it's great if they're into something you're into, because then you enjoy it as much. But even if they're not, you kind of have to play through and get into it. Uh, because, you know, later you end up getting invited to stuff that maybe they wouldn't have invited you to if you were like, yeah, go ahead, go be a ballerina. I'm just going to sit over here and watch the game. Well, it's nice to be chosen by your kids, right? Like, yes. yeah, I want to go to a concert with you. Like, it's really what a nice feeling and what a nice setup, right? For her. I'm looking at, I'm definitely looking at it from the kids' angle as somebody who sits in the room sometimes with kids. Um, <laughs> and, uh, when, when they're that comfortable and that open and that available for their parents, it just, I mean, you guys are raising good humans, which is really what we all hope for parents yes, is exactly. to like raise good humans and humans who can ask and get their needs met and want to spend time with you. That's really important for their future relationships out in the world. That's yeah, a little absolutely. therapy PSA. <laughs> We're all working at home, right? As we know, as we've seen with our internet connections and things that are happening here today on our show. What has it been like, Darren, for you now that everybody's home with all the kids? <laughs> People don't see me, but I'm, I have my hands in my head. I'm just like on the screen. <clears throat> what? Sometimes um, my wife works from home and, and, and my daughter's here uh, with us. She... Just got certified as a clinical counselor and 
we had her move back home to, you know, to have her get a good start, <clears throat> save us some money, get a good start. She here works from home. We have the kids who will be home from school. I don't really like going to my job, but sometimes I do. I really do. <laughs> Uh, it's it's crazy, you know. It's 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 crazy. The kids want to play twenty four seven. It's hard to get structure sometimes when when you know everybody's working, <laughs> you know, and, and to do that. So it has taken us to a level of stress of times that we never thought we would come, you know, and see. <clears throat> but with that, we've laughed hard as well over situations. Um, we've had a little bit more fun in different areas maybe that we wouldn't have had. So it is sort of balanced its way out, but it's, it's, and I can't say that it's been easier to navigate because every day still brings a challenge. And now here we're in Ohio in Cuyahoga County, they are um, not doing a, a total shutdown, but they are advising that, you know, the schools close and continue to go virtual. And we have my son in a daycare, he's four, but we're not sending him back. Because uh, it's just, you know, you it's just that's an unknown, uncontrolled variable. I'm 51. My wife's 50. We don't have, um, we don't have, you know, we have underlying conditions. So it's like we're trying to, and I always, always have to go out anyway for work. So we just try to control as much as we, as we can. But then that causes chaos in the house. But I mean, you know, none of us run away yet. It's, it's, a, it's a joke, but it's kind of true. You know, when my wife goes to the grocery store or if I go to the grocery store and take a run, if they're gone, you know, if we're gone more than 45 minutes, especially if we only pick up a few items, we call each other. Hello. Hey, hey, you ain't run away, have you? I mean, um, you coming back home, right? Coming back home. Uh, <laughs> because sometimes that's just, you know, that is a, the only break you get sometimes, um, depending on how it goes. But. All in all, we are navigating it as it comes. And that changes every minute, every second of each day and every day. And what's it like with you, Josh? You guys are all home. Yes, we are all home. And, and as you're aware, too, like there was there was five months of me being home that also my mom lived here, um, which was which is always uh, it was always interesting to see if you could live with your, your parent again. Um, but it's, you know, like we having older kids, you know, um, it, it, we were able to, I guess, I guess in some ways it's like, look, everybody's going through something. So, I mean, I, I feel bad for parents of little kids, middle school kids, you know, but even folks like us, I mean, you know, ha- watching Logan in the very beginning have to navigate like the end of, of her junior year. And like, she didn't have a, you know, there was, there was obviously a, you know, junior prom that she missed, but like her milestones, you know, that was, that was basically, that, those are basically the ones she missed and some shows that she would do at her music school. But, but, you know, having her navigate that was was something we had to pay attention to but that being said like again my mom was here for some of the like stuff that she could do while Lori and I were working and she is also at the time or she was also 16 so technology and getting on and doing things like all of that was like you know all that was was made it made it I think a little bit easier Zoe didn't come back from Clemson which is where she goes to college um till June um you know again just being somewhere where it's warm and, and enjoyable versus being here where it was quarantined and cold and so she stayed, and it, so we had a, we had a little bit of extra room in the in the house even with my mom here. Uh, but it was, you know, it's it was. I, I will say this because again, it's the longest time Lori and I have ever spent together. Um, because, because again, I either even when I'm not traveling, I'm usually at work 10, 12 hours. And uh, you know, I, I have to say, I don't I don't think like we've had we've had issues with things that are going on just in our world. 
Um, but as far as like, you know, oh, like, you know, I got it. I need some separation from you. I got to, you know, go into a different room or like getting on each other's nerves in that regard. Like, I, I don't want to jinx it, but it's been pretty good. I mean, I think we've, I think we've figured out how to manage the separation. You know, I, I think we managed, I think we figured out how to manage separation while being together the entire time. And, you know, she takes the dog out for walks and I usually on a bunch of calls and then I'll go out for a little bit. So we're, you know, we're fine in those times. And I think, you know, the best piece of advice like she had given me was, you know, I, I kind of lost that like, you know, hour and change of commute. And so like, you know, there was, I was working longer at the very beginning and, and, she, and she just said, look, you should just probably like stop at five 30, like you would when you would get in the car and like do something else, you know, for, for a little bit of time and then, and then go back online. Like you used to, when you would come home. So that, that sort of helped break it up. And then like, as far as this year goes, I mean, Logan's again, still, you know, doing her thing. She's in school two days a week, so they're going to stop that now. And like it's it, it, there's there's definitely some advantages when you have older kids that can sort of navigate it um, and and sort of plan for their own time and, and do their own thing. Well, it sounds like you guys worked yeah, out a really good system over there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I was Not just perfect, thinking about good. high school and that socialization yeah, piece that your daughter's missing out on. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like I say this, in, and because and actually she'll she'll be the first one to say it. I mean, Logan, Logan, her her friend groups are more in her music. Um, more, more in her music connection. She's a homebody kid. So she thankfully, you know, she, don't get me wrong. She, the socialization aspect with her music kids and the, and the bands that she's in, like that is definitely hitting her. The daily though, like going to school and you see your friends, like she, she you know, she's, she's, a, um, she's somewhat straight out of a John Hughes movie. And you know what, she's, she's a little bit of a loner. Like she knows people, but you know, she's not, uh, she's not, um, you know, prom queen, you know, class president, the person that like, you know, is, is just this thrives off of being in that school social environment. So I think there's aspects that she misses of just being out and being with, again, other people. And she does love her teachers and she learns better when she's in there. I'm, I'm glad she's not, I'm, so I guess it's a long-winded way of saying I'm glad she hasn't seen some of what I've seen other kids go through who were like, again, I've got my 12 great friends and I play sports and, you know, I'm, I'm on all these committees. And so like now all that goes away. Um, you know, she hasn't, she, she's lost some things, just different things. So, and it does sound like she's definitely navigating this and ready. I mean, it is so sad though, <laughs> as they, they don't get to like move around with their peer groups, but I don't oh, yeah. want to miss this question because I know we're going to have to come, we're going to have to close up soon because one of the things that we never, we don't talk about, so I don't say no, I shouldn't say never, but we don't see as much um, information about is dads and self-care. Because we do always want to make sure that moms are taking care of themselves. But what do you, Darren, do just for you in oh, the uh, self-care? Hot mad. bubble bath? Give <laughs> <laughs> me in front of my Madden. I'm good. <laughs> in, in, in my Madden world, the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl every time. So, you know, it's that is that is my therapy. I have a massage chair that my wife was graciously got me for a Father's Day gift. It, it, it is my self-care and my for is for healing from work and just my little 15 minutes of bliss. But I, I was never my daughter. And I'm going to plug something here if I could. Um, sure. My daughter, she's very high on self-care. And so we're kind of changing the things that we we're doing around here. Uh, you know, she's thinks she's you know, changing the household or whatever, you know, how 27 year olds. Think just going to say, this is the clinician that you have living with you right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 So, you know, as, as, as far as for me, I, I have come to found that just taking a back, of, you know, taking a few minutes, um, 
just to do nothing. Um, again, a lot of times when I come home from work, my decompression is is madness. You know, PlayStation Four, because what it gives me is is a no really no thought, no real effort. Just I can just push buttons and just kind of go, and that is kind of something that helps. Um, but but dealing with with her. Each year for my birthday, my birthday is in December. Don may have seen this on my social medias in the past. I like to do what I call a birthday wish. And for me, that has been for the last few years, uh, gathering up backpacks and filler items for foster children. I give them to a local foster agency here in Cleveland. So I just ask people, you know, I have a wish list off Amazon to donate those lists. Off, I mean, things off the wish list. And I, I mean, first of the year, because I collect at the end of the, end of the year, um, you know, I hand them over. Uh, for foster youth, but 2020 has been, you know, 2020 just has been, I mean, there's no words to describe what we've been through Yeah, this year. So I wanted to also um, give back to people for my birthday, which will have a part two, and it's called the self-care edition. And this is, you know, in conjunction with my daughter, what we're going to be doing is the week of my birthday, I have about 10 of my friends and about 10 of her colleagues and about a few of her colleagues, 10 of my friends, and we're going to have many sessions, you know, Zoom sessions dealing with self-care uh, through different various ways. We have a, a young lady who deals with self-care and how to take care of your house plans. We're going to have a comedian. We're going to have people talking about um, meditation, uh, breathing, yoga. Uh, we're going to have somebody do some comedy. Oh, I said comedian already. Uh, we're going to have a mini little concert at the end of it, uh, planning for the new year, marriage and family. So... I wanted to give back to people because I don't think we, I think we kind of lost self-care this year because we were just trying to stay afloat, you know, with all these changing things um, within our society this year. And it's been so, you know, with the political race, everything's been kind of, it's a little testy, a little testy. So I don't think we've really taken care of ourselves as, as, as a whole. So um, that is something I also wanted to do for my birthday, which I'm, I'm starting to learn the importance of, of self-care. Um, I was taught at a young age, but didn't, didn't really realize it. Didn't really realize it. I had a, a counselor actually in, in college. She was like, if you had a family and I gave you a glass of water, there's only one glass of water left, what would you do? I said, I would give it to my family because they needed it. She was like, no, <laughs> you drink the water, take your butt out and find some more for your family. But if you're not taken care of, how is your family taken care of? So if we are parents don't do things that roll under self-care and take care of ourselves and make sure that we're um, rolling as good as we can, you know, through proper maintenance of ourselves, our mentally, physically, and spiritually, then our family's going to be nothing. So I, I'm hoping that that little, um, that little week of, of, of presenters will give somebody something to maybe jumpstart, you know, self-care, if not, or just add to whatever their daily routine is. But I'm finding out, especially as I get older, how important that is. So, but for me, it's mad. Yeah, mad. <laughs> well, I want to say, um, I'm happy to hear that you didn't just think about self-care, but also community care, right? Like you thought about your community and the people in your community and how you could help them. I love that it wasn't just about you and what you needed, but you started to look at your community and think about what they needed as well. My wife calls me a social bunny, so I, I just got it honest. <laughs> well, thank you. So what about you, Josh? What are you doing for self-care over there? 
Yeah, I mean, Diana sort of hinted to it earlier. I mean, I've been, I, I've always been a little bit of a runner, not really training for anything, just more of like, just get out, do a couple miles. And so I probably, I did a lot of that early on. And I mean, I still do, but it's um, just not as much right now as it's starting to get colder. But that was, that was probably my, my, my first big thing. You know, my, I think, I think the biggest challenge for me when it was either that or just other self-care things was, was honestly just the scheduling of it. So like, I, I like to run in the morning and, and I can get my day going. And, you know, if I missed that window in the morning, you know, it was, is, it was harder for me to say, you know what, I'll, I'll run out at lunch or I'll run out after work. And so it, as I look back at like, what would I, you know, what, what would you do differently? Or what do we, what would I do differently if we're still, if we're still in this environment for another six months is, is, you know, what, just get the work, get the self-care in where you can and, and try to come out of that comfort zone of like, I'm always a morning workout person because you just might, you might, you might not be able to, and then don't miss your window. I mean, other than that, other than running and drinking, I would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big reader. And so I try to read, but I, I probably, I haven't done enough in that, in the, I think the stuff for me that I probably, you know, thought I would do uh, because, you know, again, as I was saying earlier, like I, I inherited a bunch of time from just not commuting anymore, but it, that time hasn't been replaced with like learning a new skill or a language or something else. So I think, I think I had thoughts that I might be able to do that, but you know, as, as, uh, as Laura was reminding me, you know, she's like, that's, that's work though, right? Like, so like self-care or just doing other things to fill that time and to keep you sort of motivated, you don't have to fill them with, uh, you know, with more work. If you want to, you know, learn something great, but don't feel the need to like, hey, I'm in, I'm in quarantine. So, you know, what? I'm going to become a chef or I'm going to become, you know, a, a guitar player, like, you know, do, do something you enjoy. So if it's, if it's Madden, if it's running, like just as long as it's something you enjoy and and you can have take the time to do it and carve it out, I think that's the most important thing. Well, I like how you're taking care of yourself, Josh. Um, I yeah, I do. I do. I like it. I like it. Gentlemen, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who is considering fatherhood, you can only give one. What would it be? I think I'm gonna stick with my with my, you know, pick pick something you enjoy. Um, and try to and try to get your kid somehow, um, you know, to to enjoy that with you, or it, or or something along the lines of that, or like just enjoy enjoy something with your kid that you enjoy, or take whatever they enjoy and and run with it, you know. And I think because I do want to make sure as I, as I explained it to you guys earlier, I started thinking, wait, this might sound bad. Like, hey, if you're a sports dad and you just push and push your kids to do sports because you enjoy, it, like that wasn't what I was saying. It's more of like find some things at least that you could feel a little bit passionate and excited about. Um, and like I said, my example with Logan, I mean, she would, she was down the, you know, the ballet princess route for a while. And I was, you know, at the tea parties, I wasn't telling her, let's go out and kick the soccer ball. Um, so I think <laughs> it's, it's, you know, find that thing that you guys could have some common ground in and just, and embrace it and just do, you know, just embrace it and run with it. Awesome. Uh, mine would be my little tagline, I guess, you know, respect the responsibility in that there's a lot of work to do. Um if you respect that responsibility, you would do it justice. So you will know, like Josh says, you know, not to push your kids into a sport just because you like it, that you would flow with wherever they go, that you would do what you can to provide, that you would be there, you know, when they're sick, you will, you will nurture them when they need you or teach them when they need to learn. Respect that responsibility and give it its just due. And if you do that, for me, I, I, I believe you can raise a, a very productive uh, citizen, a very productive human, and you can have some great times as a father. I mean, nothing's perfect because there's no perfect playbook, 
you know, we 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 test everything on each new child that we get. Well, this worked for that one. Maybe it wouldn't work for this one, or if it didn't work for that one, maybe it'll work for you know, they're test babies. They don't know that yet, but they are. You know, it's, it's just all a you know, it's all an ebb and flow type of thing. But as long as you respect that responsibility and do it to the best of your ability, um, things will work their way out in the wash, and I think it'll be all right. Well, that is awesome. You guys are raising good humans. I can tell. Um, Well, we're at the end. I wanted to thank you both, but we have our last hurrah. So this is, Anisha's got some questions for you all. Got nothing to do with being a dad. (laughs) Nothing. It's just a little bit of fun. So this is the first time I've asked this question. What would your talent be if you were a contestant on Mr. America? Wait, first, what's Mr. America? That's like, you know, that's like, Mrs. That's like, that's like the. It's like Miss America for men. Yes. Is it a pageant? What is your talent? I went to the park. Oh, I will be cooking, man. My barbecue. That That's. Hey, daddy, that, I went to the park. Put me a grill. You went to the park? Say, say hi. Look, come in and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> your hands cold. Oh, boy. Anyway, I would give me a grill and some, and some charcoal and some fire and some meat. That'd be my talent right there. I love it. I'm not sure how we're going to get it to the stage, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, what my, about my, you, John? Mine probably, my, I was just saying, mine might be harder. I mean, I think my, my, I think my talent is, is being able to like, it'd be, it be a, a sort of um, IT tech support between TVs and computers and Wi-Fi and routers. And so I don't know if I could, you know, wire a house on stage or not, but I can, I, I could, that's pretty much my, my, my utility. I don't know, Josh, you might not win with that. I'm just like, so. <laughs> they might want something a little good. more I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We're not going to ask what you guys are wearing in the swimsuit competition, but um, yeah. <laughs> just, it was really, it was close. I'm close to, I'm close to doing it, but guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today with that all of the technical things and um, just being with us. We really appreciate it. It's so fun to hear the other side, to hear the dad side, because it is super, 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 super important that we acknowledge the importance of dads in the lives of raising good humans. Um, Adnisha. Yes. You ready? Yes. Since we're in a pandemic. Pandemic. Stay stay safe. Stay safe. Always. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And wear your damn mask, mask. please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to stop here and we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.